This week, there was a discrimination lawsuit filed against the NFL by former coach Brian Flores. Now, this is far from a marketing story, but news and discussion got me thinking about how this lawsuit is similar to a very common digital marketing misconception. You're listening to Tripod, a podcast produced by Tricycle Creative to help safely navigate creative business owners through the worlds of digital marketing, strategic content creation, and business growth. Host Ross Erosion is a marketing coach, content creator, and entrepreneur who brings you helpful tips, social media updates, inspiring interviews, and his own unique perspective on how to tell your story and grow your business. So if you're interested in being a better marketer, business owner, or creator, sit back, relax, and let's get pedaling. For those of you who aren't sports fans or maybe even familiar with this story, here's the Cliff's Notes version. Brian Flores is an African-American male coach in the National Football League. And uh, in 2021, and maybe a little bit more, I'm not exactly sure, he was the coach of the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins were stinky. They were a bad team. They were in a terrible tailspin, and he turned it around. I think they won, ended up winning something like seven in a row, which was just, just the fact that they won seven, period, unprecedented, right? Um, then in he started interviewing for open coaching positions in the NFL. Now, um, he went on a couple interviews, but the, the biggest one that is kind of making the most news is the one that he had lined up with the New York Giants. And before he even went to the interview, he got a text from another coach in the NFL, Bill Belichick, saying, hey, congrats on getting the job, which would be a really nice text to get if Bill Belichick wasn't confusing him with another Brian that actually got the job, who was white. And he got this text before he even went to the interview. So the fact that he was just showing up, essentially the decision was made and it was just kind of a token interview. Or to be fair, that's his perception and somewhat the basis of, of his lawsuit. Not only that, but to mention that there was only one black head coach in the NFL of all 32 teams. So he brought a discrimination lawsuit against the NFL and against the Giants. And he has also claimed that while he was at the Dolphins, the owner was offering him $100,000 extra to lose games and tank. Now, I realize there's a lot to maybe wrap your head around there, but that's the Cliff's Notes version of this lawsuit. Now, perhaps I have a somewhat unique perspective um, on this, seeing how I did spend six plus years of my early career in HR as a recruiter. That was when I was working at XM Radio before the merger, so with Sirius, so it was XM, and I was in charge of their internship program. Now, when I started, the program had 15 interns in the summer only for the programming, which was their on-air department. When I left, we were bringing in up to 120 students three times a year for all the departments in the company. It was also named a top 10 internship in America two times by Vault.com while I was there. 
I just wanted. To, I, I just. I. I love that job. So I, I have to also like give myself the little pats on the back for for the work I did there. So you'll you'll excuse the the rundown there. I say all this because it was a program that I was really focused on providing an amazing learning lab experience for literally thousands of students. While at the same time, this program acted as a viable talent pool for hiring. And that being the case, we very intentionally implemented a strategy to promote diversity for the internship program. Now, it was part of an overall company diversity program, but it was really integral at the internship level because these were people, like I said, who would become kind of a future talent pool of hiring. And we wanted to start at the foundational level and build a diverse class of talent. And that strategy was something that went into all aspects of recruiting. We had objectives. We had key results. There was a measurement. Adjustments were made. And we had open discussions about it. The biggest misconception about diversity programs is that they unevenly favor minorities. That, that is not the case. Instead, what a well-designed diversity program does is level the playing field to make opportunities more openly available. Opportunities. That's the word in this unfortunate story that made me think about marketing. Just like there's a misconception about diversity programs, the same misconceptions exist as it relates to marketing. A lot of people aren't able to clearly distinguish marketing and sales from each other. So they get co-mingled when it comes to expectations. So you, when you run a social media campaign that blows the doors off of all previous efforts and sets records for engagements and new account follows, they say, but it didn't generate any sales. Both diversity campaigns and marketing projects need to have established firm ground of one, what do we want the outcome to be? Otherwise known as objectives. And two, how do we know if we've accomplished it? Otherwise known as key results. When we look at the NFL diversity efforts, admittedly from the outside, it would appear that optics are very important to the shield. That's what they call the NFL, to the NFL. They have stop hate and equality on helmets and in stadiums. And I don't have any doubt that in fact, they've made donations to organizations for racial equality and justice. Let's just be honesty brokers and applaud them for that. But let's also not give them a pass for what appears to be a systemic failure to set acceptable objectives and key results related to diverse representation and hiring practices for head coaching positions. Two things can be true. The NFL invests in organizations who combat racial inequality and the NFL does not have a motivation or strategy to address racial inequality in their league, specifically among their head coaches. Before I bring this episode to a close, I want to share with you some audio from one of my favorite sports talk shows, First Things First. Now, the first voice you're going to hear right here is from Chris Broussard, who is a sports journalist 
and African-American. That in a league that is 70% African-American as far as players, that one out of right now 27 head coaches are black. All right, one in 27. All right, I'm not saying it needs to be 70% black coaches, but somewhere between our 13% national population and 70% players in the NFL, there's a happy medium in there, and it ain't 2 or 3%, which is where that number stands right now. This is a continuation, what's going on in the NFL, of what has always gone on in football. Years ago, African Americans were told they couldn't play middle linebacker. They couldn't play the center position. Up until a couple decades ago, they couldn't play quarterback. All right, because those were the cerebral positions. Obviously, coaching and front office positions are cerebral. So this is just a continuation of that. You can't do it on the field anymore because that's objective. Whoever's fastest, whoever's strongest, whoever's the best, I got to take him regardless of color because I got to win. But in the front office hires, the coaching hires, oh, it's subjective. You know, it's not black and white, no pun intended. And that's where the prejudice and the racism still festers. And one of the things that frustrates African-Americans most is that the goalposts for these positions keep moving. Now, this next voice you're going to hear is from Nick Wright, who is white. I, I love Nick Wright, just, just to put that out there. Um, and he does a fantastic job of putting the NFL diversity, or rather lack thereof, in perspective. What you're talking about at the end, there's a political phrase for it. It's Calvin Ball. It's from the old Calvin and Hobbes cartoon, which is the rules of the game are in perpetual motion changing, just ensuring the result that someone wants. And the rules of this game continue to change. If you woke up tomorrow and half of the head coaches in the NHL were black, would that strike you as a little odd? It's like, how did that happen? I, it, the league is, you know, 2% black and half the head coaches are black. If you woke up tomorrow and half of professional hockey's coaches were black, would you think, well, there must be some type of sustained effort or something, but not just a meritocracy that is happening that is leading to this? Of course you would, because it's unimaginable. But that is exactly what is happening in the NFL on a statistical basis as far as to have 70% of the league in a league where the vast majority of head coaches and coordinators played at least at the collegiate level to have this minute amount of representation. And the only, it is the most frustrating thing for me, Wilds, is this. That the response to anything like this from folks that don't want to see what is clearly in front of their faces, well... You just gotta. You just want to hire the best person for the job. Of course you do. Of course you do. But it is the Im- implication, and you see this across fields, that, hey, That's why right. are white people, mostly white males, at the top of almost every field in America? Well, it must be meritocracy. Like, the, uh, say that thing out loud. Think about any industry. And it's like, even in sports, where you can't be like, well, they, you know, white people just have more access. No. Black guys all over the league. And yet still, when it gets to, as Broussard said, the positions where it's like, okay, but we need a thinker. 
we need someone, we need a real smart cutting edge guy. There's a clear ceiling on what the vast majority of NFL ownership believes black people are equipped to do. The full segment, if you want to check it out, is in the show notes for this episode at tripodpodcast.com. But to bring it all to a head, failure in life is often because the appropriate expectations are not set or measured. This is true in hiring. This is true in marketing. So until next time, I encourage you to keep pedaling. Thanks for listening to Tripod. Be sure to subscribe and rate the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. For show notes and past episodes, go to tripodpodcast.com. Connect with Tricycle Creative on social media at Hello Tricycle and learn more about how we can help you with your marketing at tricycle-creative.com.